No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I want to read you guys a little poem I wrote last night. (laughs) Okay. You have so many relationships in this life, only one or two will last. You go through all the pain and strife, and you turn your back and they're gone so fast. So hold on the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. When you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will still care? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Would you like me to keep going or should I... Stop. <laughs> if you haven't figured out yet, yes, those were the lyrics to Mbop, the smash hit from the 90s fan band Hanson, who are playing tonight at the Buckhead Theatre. We gotta go. Right now, tickets are only 66 bucks, so get yours and you might see me there. Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. To read your emails and tweets. Got the whole gang here. Tass, Trey, Lee, JD, myself, Skeets. Shout out to everyone who emailed and tweeted in questions again this week. We got the back-to-back jacks here on a Wednesday. <laughs> Keep those emails coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet at us at no dunks inc or use the hashtag no dunks. Everybody ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, guys. Let me start by saying that it's great listening to you every single day. So thank you for being there for me in my happy and sad days back at home in Portugal, Brazil, Korea, Ukraine. Wow. It's James Bond right there. (laughs) (laughs) I've taken you a bit all around the world throughout the years. Here's my question. Giannis is currently the most dominant player in the NBA, and yet I struggle to watch him play. Too much bumping and pushing and clashing. I prefer Luka Doncic's style also a dominant player, carrying his team, yet cleaner, classier style. <laughs> so classy. What about you guys? That's from Carlos, who's currently in Switzerland, for, but from Lecce del Palmera, the most beautiful town in the world. Mm. Okay. Yes. You have, have you been there, Skates? It's in Portugal. I have not. Mm. It, uh, sounds nice, though. How do you say it again? It I'm gorgeous. guessing it's Lecce del Palmera. Mm. Mm. Most beautiful milky. town in the world. Sounds like a close. milky Palmer. Well, here's, what, uh, here's what's funny about this, right? Didn't we not too long ago get an email or a tweet talking about how this uh, particular person was starting to dislike Luka Doncic because they were he was getting too similar, his game, to James Harden? Mm-hmm. Dribble, 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 clang. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But now we've got Carlos saying, oh, no, he loves Luka's style of play. But now it's Giannis. He doesn't like Giannis's sort of. I don't know, just the pushing and the clashing. <sighs> well, I can understand some people don't like physical play. I guess. I mean, yeah, if you're a basketball sure. fan. But Luka and Harden, they are physical players. That's the, the funny part to me. It's not like they're not touching guys. They're, they're, different, they're using different their body. style oh, of physicality. Nobody's like yeah. Giannis. Yeah, I mean, the thing about – I understand what he's saying if Giannis just goes for a regulation sort of dunk inside. It's like, okay, we've seen a lot of that. But the thing, the appeal... So, wait, wait. He doesn't like dunks now? No, I'm just saying maybe he's a bit... you're listening to the right podcast. (laughs) It's it's too easy, maybe. I don't know. Because with Giannis, he still has that ability for me that, like, he could do something freakish here, like two steps from half court and a dunk. Or like when he jumped over Tim Hardaway or when he pushed Julius Randle out the way or Vince Carter. Right. That stuff, to me, is still exciting. Yeah. But his, you know, I mean, some of his dunks, sure, they're, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's... Easy, not as sexy, maybe, now that we've seen it for years and years on end. He just doesn't like Shaq. He doesn't like <laughs> exactly those type right. of players. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing right. that, that Carlos from Lecce de Palmera, he's probably a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, just assuming. He's calling the game classier. He doesn't like the, the monstrous physical beasts. And this game, obviously, currently, today, there's a lot less Shaq and a lot more Luca-ish type of action. Sure. But it's nice to have that little bit of balance. You still need... Still need to be physical in the NBA to be great. That's the way it is. You like in the 2010s, like LeBron was your physical guy. Durant was sort of his counterbalance, a little mm, bit smoother yeah. type. And 
now we've got a, Jan- a Giannis and Doncic. And before we had a Shaq and uh, who was his Tim balance? Duncan? No, Akeem. Uh, yeah, I guess at the center spot. Sure, 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 sure. Um, maybe a, a guard would probably be a better analogy. But Iverson. Here, here, yeah. here is the crazy part about this, though. Giannis is adding this three-point shot. Now, it's not step-backs like Luka or Harden or anything like that, but it is coming around here. Um you know, last even you look at his last stretch of games. He was two for five versus Orlando. Okay, then he had a one for four against the Clips, but four of eight in Detroit, three of four against the Knicks. And you know, they're not in the corners. We've talked about that. That's fine. He shouldn't be in the corners. He's he's hitting them up top though, and he's and the shot looks confident, and he's obviously getting some attempts up. That's the most impressive part. So it's like, yeah, there's the bully ball and there's the crazy athleticism on a fast break where he Euro steps around a guy and then dunks it. That still blows my mind. I don't think we should take that for granted. That is, that's pretty impressive, just those long strides, how he steps around guys and then still power dunks it. But, man, he's adding a little outside game there now. He's taking five threes a game and making 32%. It would be cool if he shoots 40, but he's already a good enough shooter from outside that teams are still going to always give him the jumper. No matter how good of a shooter he becomes, they're always going to prefer seeing him outside rather than getting dunked on your head. You might not like to see it, but if he's playing against your team, you really don't like to see it. This is what's great about the NBA. There's something for everybody. I didn't like watching Shaq. I love watching Giannis. I like watching Harden and Luka Doncic. I like that Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot. Not everybody has to play the exact same. That would be boring. Read a kid's book. Everything the same? It's boring. Everything different? That's the spice of life. Oh, All right, Carlos, great question, though. Um, guys, next one here from Jeremiah. Hey, gentlemen, simple question that I haven't heard anyone else address. What happens to the Lakers if DeMarcus Cousins doesn't get hurt in the preseason? Could Boogie thrive in his role like Dwight Howard has? Would Dwight have even been picked up? Is Dwight secretly a really important part to the Lakers' success here early on? That's a interesting thought experiment. I like it. Haven't heard a ton about it it's i agree true. uh jeremiah basically saying yeah what happens are the lakers this great is dwight even there is he doing this thing if cousins doesn't get injured first off i don't think he's there if De- if demarcus isn't injured because think, he was i think you're right he was basically signed after boogie was ruled out yeah and that if he had signed dwight they would have had uh javel davis and boogie so there just wouldn't have been any minutes there for dwight but would they be different i mean dwight has filled that role perfectly in a way that I don't think Boogie would have filled that role. Um, mm-hmm. Boogie's a you know, slower guy, a bit more methodic, I guess, whereas Dwight's athletic and he's coming out there playing. He's also at a different stage of his career where Dwight really, really wants to be relevant in the league again um, yeah. and, and accepting of that he is now a role player. Yeah, Cousins would not be playing only 20 minutes a game and only getting 3.7 shots. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee that. Yes. So, so that's going to change the yeah. dynamic of your team. Now he's going to help you in other ways that Dwight can't do. But, For sure. But in terms of the Lakers being the surprise sort of defensive juggernaut of the season so far, yeah, that's. I don't think that's as strong as it would be if Cousins is there. No. Would they be the same record? I mean, who knows? Because they've. it's not exactly – I mean, they've been so well balanced. They've had so many contributions across their roster. But I think in some ways it's been, uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing in disguise for the Lakers and for Dwight. Yeah, I, I agree. They're getting basically 36 minutes of center play now that is the exact same. JaVale McGee and Dwight, they're not the exact same guy, but they're doing the same things. They're rolling to their rim, they're blocking shots at the rim, and they're rebounding and trying to play defense. That's it. If DeMarcus Cousins is coming off the bench, you're giving him the ball a lot more to run your second unit, yeah. to be a guy making plays. They don't just have necessarily, if he's if Boogie's around, they don't necessarily have the guy who just wants to run back and forth and be a big guy. Uh, the team would be different. Maybe they would be worse, but, I mean, they still did get Anthony Davis. That's still the big reason yeah. why they're yeah. a great defensive team. But when you can throw Dwight Davis and LeBron out there, that's a lot of size. All guys who can move. I don't know. I don't know. It still throws me off to see Boogie sitting on the sidelines yeah. with the Lakers just cheering. You're like, oh, yeah, he is a Laker. Yeah. I guess the the rebuttal to that would be DeMarcus Cousins did play well in a limited role with the Golden State Warriors, but that was a starter's role. And uh, I I don't think if you have JaVale, because they signed him really on in the offseason, and then you have DeMarcus uh, and you have Anthony Davis, you definitely don't sign Dwight. Yeah. No no chance. There's no way, I don't think. Uh, And DeMarcus just, uh, I don't think he'd like coming off the bench. I think Dwight has been 
obviously has been phenomenal. I think they are a couple of wins worse if uh, he's not there. I think they lose a couple of games because their bench just doesn't pick it up. He's been the difference. I know they go and win the, at the end of the games no matter what because AD and, and uh, LeBron are out there, but I don't know if they have a, as good a position in the fourth quarter without the, the Dwight slash Caruso uh, bench unit. Yeah, it's interesting. Would we have the Lakers storylines of sort of some inner turmoil if Cousins, let's say, wasn't happy with his role or the minutes <laughs> he was spice. getting or like, yeah, the again, you know, trying to work the AD Cousins thing like they did with the Pelican. Like, yeah, it's, it's fascinating because there's been nothing out of Lakers camp. No. Like, there has been no bumps on the road, uh, which is shocking, honestly, for a team – a LeBron team, specifically, and a new coach uh, with a LeBron and in the bright lights of L.A. There's been nothing. And Dwight's been one of the ones. Even Rondo in the mix. (laughs) Kind of vocal in like, hey, we're a family. We stick together. We support each other. Like, you know, a guy who has had a checkered past is almost like, don't anyone ruin this, okay? Yeah. I know. Hold I your know. How, I know how quickly. <laughs> Nobody they, fart. Yeah. Don't anybody. I'd say fart. they're farting a lot. I'd oh, say the farts the are bringing them together. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, I'd like to make it clear. I don't think like we're not trying to like bury Cousins here. It's not like no. they couldn't have one of the best records in the league if Cousins is starting and playing and having a role. I, I, I don't think that's the case. But I don't know if it would be. I'm with Tass. I think there may be some less wins just because you'd be taking. It'd be a little more difficult to maybe find the right uh you know the right starting five and then the, the role players and stuff like that all right next question here hey yo hey hey so my brother and i are both big fans of the show and are getting each other something to read for christmas this year in the past we've exchanged the books breaks of the game basketball and other things and the big book of basketball is there anything that you guys would recommend to read this year aside from a subscription to the athletic mm. of course the athletic.com slash no dunks mm. if you want a deal that's from Sean in Portland. What are you reading? Uh, I've got a good one, actually. Um, in the midst of reading it right now. It's called NBA Jam. Um, it's from Boss F- Fight Books. $5 download, I believe. Mm. Very, very cheap. That's pretty uh, good. But the author, uh, Rayon Ali, it's, he did a great job on this. I'm flying through it. It's not huge. It's not a gigantic book, but it's exploring the history and the culture of the hit arcade game, of course, NBA Jam. Uh, I'm sure all of our listeners know what the heck I'm talking about. It's about the people who made it, sort of uh, its its sudden rise to, um, and success that exploded onto the scene and then sort of what happened with the companies and the people uh, after it sort of started to tail off. It's fascinating. Uh, you can go to tinyurl.com slash book if you want to get it. I think because you can digitally download it. I have the physical hard copy. I got the digital. Did you? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, it's, it's fascinating. So that's my uh, suggestion, NBA Jam. Again, through Boss Fight Books. And they, it's a big series, right? Like there's uh, all these authors writing about other video games i've seen there i'm like i'm actually intrigued yeah i'm intrigued about um there's a couple about super mario brothers like super mario brothers 2 is a fascinating game and i'm sure there's quite the story to that Mm. uh how different it is from one and three specifically but yeah check that out nba jam it's awesome a book i have read uh which i really enjoyed is on drazen petrovich's life by Todd Sefer, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, really good book about Drazen, who was uh, a phenomenon as a kid. 15-year-old, he started playing professionally. Probably not dissimilar to sort of the path Luca has taken to get where he is right now. Made it to the NBA, to the NBA uh, Drazen, but uh, things didn't work out in Portland. Moved to New Jersey, was really starting to come along and live up to the expectations before he was uh, tragically killed in a car accident. Uh, but really a fascinating look at his life as a young player and, and um, you know, playing for Croatia as a star and then trying to make the adjustment in the late 80s, early 90s in, uh, in the US, which was certainly a lot different to, to the, things, the way things are now. Certainly no uh, social media and things like that. And Drazen had a big adjustment to make. But a uh, very, very interesting read, fun read. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the story, uh, it's a sad story in the end, but uh, a well-written book and um, I really enjoyed it. So that's a nice uh, little present, I think. Yeah, um, that's funny you say Drazen. It goes, there, there's a part in the NBA Jam book because Drazen was originally in the first game, the first arcade. Um, they had finished making it. He's in it. He, then he had died. The game had already shipped. And there was this weird sort of story that I guess it was maybe at uh, Midway where they made the games, but that the 
the game would like sort of glitch and yell out like Petrovich. Huh. It's like this really weird, like as this is like this haunted thing. It's very very strange. Um, Tell me like, they called it the Petri glitch. Out. Yeah, it's they very had nice. Um, so something weird going on with the software or something. I mean, it reminded me of that. Mm. But uh, that book does sound good. The yeah. Joseph Petrovich. Best book I consumed this year was called The Order of Time by Italian astrophysicist Carlo Rovelli. It's about physics. It's about philosophy. It's about time, obviously, and if it even exists. Mm -hmm. Did you know that a clock closer to the Earth at sea level ticks much slower than a clock at the top of Mount Everest? Which clock is right? Neither. Time doesn't exist. That's right. I say consumed because I listened to the audiobook read by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I'm in just for that. Exactly right. When you hear this guy yeah. talk in science, it literally feels like you're just list- sitting down and Doctor Strange is talking to you. <laughs> yeah. You're like explaining how to travel through time. Uh, I listened to it on a flight, I think, out to San Francisco. It's pretty short. Uh, I think it was like a six-hour uh, six audiobook, and it was great. It will just literally blow your mind. I've never done the audiobook. I, I am. You love a podcast. Uh, I know, great. man. Look, I yeah, I, I I listen to them when I go running. I'm obviously yeah. I got the time to do it. I've just never never taken that first step to it. Hey, man, time doesn't exist, so you should listen to this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'll give it a go one of these days. I know a couple of you guys have read this book, but uh, Sprawl Ball by Kirk Goldsbury yeah. came out earlier this year. Go get it. You want to be modern? You want to be up to date? Read Sprawl Ball. It's a beautiful mm. looking book too. Mm-hmm. With all the uh, charts, uh, the shooting charts and stuff like that. Very good. Mm. All right, next one. This is from Shane. Hello, No Dunkers. I wanted to make an inquiry about the Dogs at a Distance Instagram account. <laughs> I know this is Matt's brainchild, but I have an interesting offer slash question for the No Dunks crew. In a trade for the Dogs at a Distance Instagram, I would be willing to trade some NBA memorabilia. I have at my disposal a life-size growth chart of NBA legend Isaiah Thomas with the heights of my family over the years. <laughs> I like that. Shane's family. Uh, a Pistons Hooper snow globe. That one's for you, Taz. Mm-hmm. Um, I love snow globes and I love Hooper. And a teal Grant Hill Pistons jersey. Mm. I guess my question is, what would it take for you to give up dogs at a distance? Or is Matt hoarding the login from Los Angeles? P.S. Thanks for the free money via Cash App. Hey. I'm glad to support you guys at a great charity. Yeah. Shout out to Shane for that little plug there for Cash App. Um, dogs at a distance. Does anyone first want to explain that to any new listeners? <laughs> what the hell that is? Because I just realized someone listening to this and not knowing what our show might be like, what is that? I guess the best way to explain it is by reading the name. Dogs at a distance. <laughs> well, Instagram. It's dogs from far away, <laughs> and they're on Instagram. Because our uh, former colleague and producer, Matt, was allergic to dogs. Yeah, but he likes them. He, likes he, dogs. he loves yeah. dogs. He dogs dogs like him. Yeah, but he yeah, but he is allergic to them. So he tries to appreciate them from a safe distance. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> right. And so he <laughs> watch your mic, bro. Lee just headbutted the mic, doubling over, laughing. I just, about it. <laughs> I just heard what I said to myself. Then. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but you know, like Matt, he posted a couple photos and then. Very quickly gave up on it. <laughs> Shocker. It's got like uh, uh, like 1,500 followers, this account. There's something here, It man. existed for a month. November 12th, 2018. Last uh, picture was December 14th, 2018. But it's got an NBA tie-in. The last picture is of Christian and Scooby. <laughs> 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 the set. The um, I don't know where the logins reside. I thought you had them at one point. I thought you had asked for them, actually. No, hmm, interesting. I thought someone you else maybe I put them in the dog park and buried them. Didn't they? Someone else said it like they squatted on it. Oh yeah, that's right. Like yeah. a, a listener, a yeah. fan. Yeah. I hey, I'm not even joking. It's a great idea for an account. People love dogs, but They'll, at a distance. They, yeah, I, I hate I'd, it. I'd rather see unique. a dog photo close up. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. It is unique. It's unique, <laughs> and people love dogs. And who you know the what? Hell would take a photo from a distance. Well, it's, you see the you see yeah. the photo, and uh, then you, you get to zoom in. It's almost like where's well, where's the dog in this picture? Where's well, doggo? Oh. Well, usually name. it's a photo of a, just a, a dog way in the distance yeah. in a field, right. sort of by itself. So you can really see that it's just the dog. But I hear what you're saying. If it's not like at a fair or something, uh, <laughs> or the beach. Well, as you say, Matt. <laughs> He loves dogs, and dogs love him, so maybe he was having trouble keeping the dogs at a distance <laughs> because they were coming <laughs> to like, That's the guy that runs the Instagram That's account. Right. Let's go see him. Look at that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> well, does any of that stuff uh, that Shane threw at us there intrigue anyone? You want, to, you want that Pistons Hooper snow globe? I'd like to see how tall his family is. 
<laughs> That's the main draw for me. How much has your family grown over the years? It's You've had idea. this for a long time. If it's Isaiah mm. Thomas, I mean, forty years. And that, that's a good idea to have Isaiah Thomas because he's like normal person height, you know. Yeah, so you can probably have yeah, your it's family. Not Shaq or anything. Yeah, yeah. Your family sort of overtaking you. It's like, oh yeah, this, is yeah. this the year I overtake Zeke? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. DM us your address. You got a deal. Who? <laughs> Baby. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> He just act not a Grand Hill Pistons jersey. I have no. That's pr- nice. I'd like to first. Uh, it's the teal one. It's nice. I just wanted like to talk to Shane though, see what his vision is for the account. Like I got no problem giving it over to him, handing it over to him. No one's doing anything. Well, yeah, but come on, I, I don't need to see. He could turn it into a porn account for all we know. Mm. You know, uh-huh. it's got a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> a porn account. <laughs> keep not the a- name though. <laughs> got to keep the name. It's just people are having sex dogs near at the a dogs. distance, doggy style at a distance. Oh, I'll, I love it. <laughs> Sorry, we're not giving up the, the login no, anymore. We're keeping it. Dogs at a distance or doggy style at a distance are both great. All right, next one here. Hi, boys. Who is the best player from 2000 to 2010 that the average fan under 20 doesn't know? That's from Doctor Dave. Oh, Thanks, Doctor Dave. A great question. Yeah, I came up with a couple of good answers that I thought were good answers until I reread the question. Because my answers were Andre Miller and Antoine Jameson. That's fine. They're both fine. But the best player? Yeah. Well, but again, it's it's. I know. I know. The average, I guess, I, younger fan wouldn't know. I mean, wouldn't know or wouldn't know all that well. Because I, I, I dug in, <laughs> yeah. I dug into yeah, this man. one as well. Because I, I'm the same. I looked at. I wanted to look for a guy who was, you know, all star and. And things like that. Uh, but, uh, okay, who, so Andre Miller so, and Anton So uh, I'm going with uh, Tracy McGrady, right? Okay, so that's he's ridiculous. He's in the H-O-F. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but listen, his career pretty much ended at 28 years old in 2008. No playoff success. Yeah. Right? No, so no big playoff moments. His biggest moment in, in, is one of those ones like against the Spurs, the 13 and 35. Yeah, we were just talking about it. He's kind <laughs> of been... I, I think people go, oh, yeah, that guy could dunk, but I don't think they realised how good he was I mean all star all NBA player I mean 28 basically his career ended I know he played for a couple more seasons but he bounced around I, for I hear you I, it's, it's, I mean, we're, we're debating it, whether you know, so you gotta, I'm a trying 20 to, year old would know Trace McGrady that's what I'm saying I think they do, At, but. yeah but if you're, if you're 20 now right he's kind of been irrelevant from the league for over 10 years so when you were 7 or 8 he still he still is in you know, he's yeah, on but the you jump see him on the TV. Yeah. But that's not the same as like knowing okay. what type of player they might he know was. his pants. <laughs> I, that's that's one of the biggest moments of for Tracy McGrady in the past few years. But right. that's what I, I mean, mean which you're, other you're kind of sort of convincing? Which me. other which I other star know. play? Because another guy I had was like was Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups. But they I tell, ha- I'll guarantee you, less people know Chauncey Billups. Yeah. a younger fan than Tracy McGrady, hundred percent. Right. Finals MVP, multiple All Star. Went to the conference finals. Lots of he known as Mister Big Shot. Like he has those moments. Whereas Tracy McGrady, his playoff success is more about the fact that he never got out of the first round. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, mean, that, yeah, it's not yeah, bad. Heard not of badly, him, heard not of him, bad. You like to bend the rules. You know what? That's not bad at all. It's not People bad. do forget Tracy McGrady and how mm-hmm. good he was at his peak. That's that's fair. That's fair uh, because he has no playoff success. That's a big part of it, I think. And he's now he's on the TV. I Chauncey Billups also on the TV. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But mm-hmm. would you agree that? I don't know, an 18-year-old basketball fan is going to be more likely to know Trace McGrady than Chauncey Billups? I think so. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Because they don't know lights alone. That doesn't make him less known, though, to me. Like, it doesn't make a... I don't know. They're both... I agree. I mean, Lee's Lee's got a good point about Trace McGrady. I tried to go sort of, I guess, yeah, the route that Trey was more thinking. I'm going... And I think he he was a better... He may have been a better player than maybe an Andre Miller or an Antoine Jameson. You guys tell me. Andre Kirilenko. Yeah, I wrote him down, too. Okay. Kirilenko was awesome. He was because he was an awesome defensive player. He was three-time all-defense, um, defensive teams. You know, one-time all-star, but he was he would be fun in today's game, no doubt. Uh, he, was, he was good, and I don't think a ton of people younger now probably know who Kirilenko was, obviously playing the Jazz for a good chunk of his career, too. Probably goes against him maybe a little bit. He but, led the league as a small forward with 3.3 blocks yeah, per season no, once. That's crazy. Yeah, and also injuries chopped him down. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Anyone else on your list that you said there? I got, what about uh, – this is a crazy one. I actually thought you may say it. Not Andre Miller. Brad Miller. <laughs> 2000, 2010. <laughs> yeah. Brad Miller was two-time All-Star. Was very Only solid. guy to make an All-Star or the first guy to make an All-Star game in one conference and then make yeah. it the next year for the other wow. conference. Put him wow. in the Hall of Fame. 
with regards to Brad's. He's one of the best Brad's out there. <laughs> say, B-Rad? Yeah. Andre Miller, you know, I thought he was good, but uh, he wasn't that great. His best season, he was 16 points, 10 assists. He's got a three-year-old highlight mix on the NBA's YouTube page. It has 97,000 views. So people don't know who Andre Miller is because the highlights – they ain't sexy. He's yeah. got like five half-court shots where he's just <laughs> chucking it up. They're like, we'll throw anything in there because everything else was just like a very fundamental bounce pass into the post. You said, though, I mean, because you were doing the research yesterday here in the office, that Andre Miller, is this correct, that he led that sort of decade, 2000 to 2010, that time period at least, um, in games played? Most games played. He had like a super long streak at one point that got yeah, snapped right. because, remember, he like smashed into Blake Griffin at that time. Like he got super heated and just smashed into him on a fast break and knocked him down so he got suspended. Oh, oh yeah, he, yeah. I actually don't remember that. That's what that's yeah, what snapped was, the streak, was it? The Iron Man streak mm-hmm. that he had. It was going? a real it was a real bull rush. Yeah, he <laughs> just went at him. <laughs> For sure. And he was nearly on uh the fifty points with no threes club. Fifty two points out of nowhere, Andre Miller, oh, but yeah. one for one from downtown. Nah, uh, I like a lot of those Brad Miller, a lot of those early decade kings can join this list. Like Peja Stojakovic, I think could be Good on one. there. Mm-hmm. I think he was you know, he was a special guy. Squeaked in a title at the end there with the Mavs, but he wasn't really playing for them. Uh, yeah, it's you know. difficult for us to answer this yeah. because that's our we yeah. that era that's is our like when, job. yeah. Well, that's when we yeah started the show. Of course, is when we we're at, at, you know not at the, our peak fandom by any means, but being younger, and that's when you're like, oh, Pejo Stojakovic, Kirilenko, yeah, these guys were great at the time. We loved them at the time. But and Mike, to remove yourself, I guess that's true. Mike Bibby too. Oh, how dare that's you? for you. Next one. Hey guys. Longtime listener and fan loving the No Dunks podcast. This season, I feel like the rise of some stars have made others disappear. For example, I never hear anybody talk about DeMar DeRozan now. When he was in Toronto, people would always talk about him. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about his playoff failures, probably. Now, uh, are there other players that we have forgotten about this season? That's uh, from Thomas in France. I mean, one, do you agree with the, that DeRozan point? Is it, is it fair? That, yeah. that we don't sort of talk about him all that much. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs are struggling. His name's linked to but trade even, rumors. Yeah, even trade rumors. Yeah. 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 Uh, but okay. he is averaging 21 points, and people, yeah, no one's talking yeah. about it. No, that's true. Um, and then who else would you maybe add to that list um, to DeRozan? Yeah, DeRozan have, is having like a damn near identical season to last year with the Spurs. He's been even more efficient, but you're right. We don't talk about him much outside of rumors. But who else you got? Uh, I, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going with the guy who Just squeeze um, it out. Yeah, well, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> we we when whenever we hear about this team, we only hear about one player, and it's not this guy. Good, reliable player who signed a big contract in the off season with him, Valanciunas. Oh, Valanciunas! Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting that answer from you, but because you're not wrong. <laughs> it's all Morant. That's all yeah. we hear about. And if he's out, then no one talks about the Grizzlies. Yeah. And, and and Jonas is putting up solid numbers, not quite the same as he put up in his uh, half a season there with Memphis last season. But he's playing a lot. You know, he's a good, solid player. He's fourteen and ten. Yeah. Uh, but you know, have you? <laughs> Seen him or heard him or listened to the him. The only or... time we've talked about him this year is he didn't get a ring from his old team. Yeah, basically. Good one. So. That's a good one. Uh, you may want to earmuffs. I know you got the cans on right now. <laughs> I, I think I know who you're going to say. Oh, yeah. it, oh, it's Bradley yeah. Beal, my man. It's Bradley Beal for sure. He's averaging 28 points per game, mm-hmm. seven assists per game. We barely mentioned him. I mean, he's had a couple. What, he's had like three or four uh, 40-plus point games. Yeah, he had back-to-back 44s, I think. And we sort of like, when he does it, we're like, oh, yeah. We look over there. We're like, oh, yeah, that's a nice box score. Well, all right, cool. Back to real basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I hate to say it, Lee. Uh, he, he's turned into, it's ironic because you and I have had this going for a long time. He is now Devin Booker. Ah, he has literally turned now into Devin ah, Booker. I'm just saying, <laughs> he's a great player. He's on a crap team, and no one cares. Yep. It's It's flipped. Does he go to the All Star Game this year? I don't know. I think probably I because he's sort of think up. he will. Twenty eight, and seven. Twenty eight's a lot. Yeah, I, I, know, I know. But he's still like fifth in the league in scoring, something like that. Uh, but a big thing with those forty plus point games is like also he wasn't winning them half the time. Yeah, you know, it's like I think he's got like a one and three record in those games. So it's, yeah, it's he'll probably have a Devin Booker seventy points. Right? I mean, they're putting up the Wizards score a ton. They don't care about playing defense. So come March, why not go for a crazy number? 
similar sort of guy. Also a team that was compared to him. We bring up the team all the time, the Portland Trailblazers. We never talk about Damian Lillard. 27 points a game, career-high 7 assists, best percentage ever from, uh, from the floor, his highest shooting, true shooting percentage ever. He is great. Damian Lillard is not the reason the Blazers are bad, but... You talk about everything else on the Blazers. Should they trade C.J. McCollum? Mello's back. What's going on with Hassan Whiteside? Yusuf Nurkic is coming back. Whoa, Anthony Tolliver, he started. Mario Hazonia, he plays sometimes. Anthony Simons. You'll talk about everybody on the Blazers, but Lillard's just ticking along. 27-7. Yeah. and seven. No big deal. Good one. Yeah, he kind of flew under the radar even early when he was, he was like second or third in the league in scoring for mm -hmm. a while, and he was going for like 32, 33 a game. Yeah, I don't know why. We just uh, take him for granted, I guess. It's weird. Um, so let's go back to the East. Okay. It's a lot of fun here at the bottom. Uh, as you said, maybe Bradley Beal gets in the All-Star game. Trey Young is right. I don't think both Trey Young and Bradley Beal get in the All-Star game. I would agree even, with that. That's, yeah. that's a strange one. You know, they yeah. don't really take – coaches don't usually take players from losing teams. They're both losing, losing, losing a lot. So <laughs> one of those guys is going to be disappointed. Yeah, and but – me. I think. Beal made it last year. Yeah, he's yeah. two in a row. On yeah. a bad team. Like, well, they were he bad did. last year, too. But Yeah. 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 But only it seems like only one big loser gets in, right? <laughs> oh, no. I'm agreeing with you, I, I, which is why my vote will probably – yeah, or not my vote, but I think the coaches will lean towards a Bradley Beal again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be disappointing for Trey. He's going to be ooh, angry. Ooh, man, that's, uh, I hadn't really thought about that. I guess uh, our, our French emailer here, uh, Thomas from France, probably – Knows about Evan Fournier's season, but Evan Fournier's <laughs> having a good season. Huh, yeah. Nobody talks about him. Mm -mm. Uh, he's over 20 a game, and he's been the go-to guy with Nikola Vucevic out yeah. in Orlando. And uh, they've been winning more with Evan Fournier, sort of more as their go-to guy. Empty stats, Lee? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. While we were, uh, while we were talking about this sort of East All-Star selections, we made, we made some, uh, some waves there on Twitter we were talking about the Bucks, and we got into the whole thing of like, how many Bucks are going to make the All-Star team? Like, is Middleton going to make it again? Giannis, obviously, is going to be voted in. He's going to be the captain for crying out loud. But will, yeah, will Middleton be there? And, and we were just throwing it around on the fly. And, uh, well, some of the, some Bucks Twitter fans grabbed hold of it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're and wisely pointing out, hey, he's going to be there because, yeah, his minutes are down, so his numbers are down, but, like, his efficiency is still there. Is you know per 100 possessions is still there. The team's obviously a juggernaut. He made it last year. Why wouldn't he make it again? I think it's fair. I, I actually, the more I think about it, I do think he will be selected again from the coaches. Um, but like now, like it's like it's, I almost want to start like you know getting into the All Star vibe. Yeah. Who's gonna make the All Star game? Well, that's like that Milwaukee mob. Tess has got me thinking now because we're like, how many Heat guys make it? Okay, how many Bucks? How many Raptors maybe make it? You know, how many Sixers make it? I mean, if the Bucks are you know six, seven, eight games on top of the East, then they absolutely he, deserve two. He, yeah, yeah, and, it, and it will be Middleton. Yes. I, I don't see. I, I don't think it's going to be a Brook. I don't think it's going to be a Bledsoe. Yeah. No. And hopefully, come actual All Star time, he won't have just been coming off of two weeks on the yeah. shelf. That's the other thing yeah, too. He, was, he was he was a little upsy downsy before he got hurt. Yeah. Then it's kind of been a slow start since he got back. So you know, once he's at thirty something games, then surely he'll be back in the mix. Yeah, because of convention, because that, because All Star coaches always pick a second guy from a from the first place team. He'll probably make it, but I think this goes back to last year. Trey made this point last year when Chris Middleton was picked at the end of the roster. Would you rather have him as an all-star player, who is a very good player you can rely on, give Chris Middleton the ball in every situation, or a guy like Trey Young? You'd probably pick Trey Young. You'd probably pick Bradley Beal. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just that mm, he's on the number one team, so he's going to get there. Why can't it be like... LeBron and the Mo Williams situation in 2009 <laughs> where they were incredible going into the All-Star break and Mo Williams wasn't picked to the All-Star team, but somebody got injured. I think it was Chris Bosh got injured, and they said, okay, Mo Williams, you're on the team now because we're, your team is 41-11. and 11. We'll put you on there. He's not a – uh, there are sexy names out there that you'd rather have taking shots on that team, mm. well, and not just at an All-Star game, but on a real team, okay. I think. Yeah, it's, that's all fair. Let's just do this, though. Giannis and Middleton, let's say they both make it, so that's two bucks. Now we're down to ten guys in the mm -hmm. East, okay? Embiid and Simmons, will they both be All-Stars again? I would guess, yeah. 
I, I sort of do, too. Probably. Okay. Let's just say they are for the sake yeah. of argument here. Jimmy Butler. Yes. I think Bam is going to make it as a coach's selection, as a big. I personally do. Um, okay, but okay, there's seeing some rolling of the eyes a Keep little bit. Keep saying names. Yeah. Keep yeah. saying yeah. names okay. to me. So, Siakam. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The question we, we and we threw it in there: How many raps make it? Let's just say it's just Siakam right now. Okay, maybe let's say no Lowry or no Van Vliet. Kemba. Yes. Yeah. Then how many other Celtics yeah. make it? That's good. That's fascinating. One, one of one ten, of Tatum, Tatum and Brown. Brown. Yeah. And then and then it is like because there's no Oladipo to worry about, but Sabonis has been really good for mm-hmm. the Pacers. It feels like they'll Brogdon. have a selection. Brogdon, right? Wow. Oh my goodness. And then these like you know, your Beals, and your Trey Youngs. And anyone else? I'm net Kyrie Irving. Like I mean, oh he's the most famous player on the Nets. Could be voted in. I yeah, guess. it could definitely be voted in. But they've been playing better with Spencer Dinwiddie as their starter. Maybe Ooh. he gets a little, a little tabby tab. Yeah, I, uh, wow. I've also overlooked Spencer Dinwiddie this year, even though you know he has, has been phenomenal. His numbers are very good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Over Tra- twenty a game. Trey Young. I mean, he's fourth in scoring. So and and you know the All Star game doesn't always take into account wins, of course. Twenty nine top five in assists. Twenty nine, yeah, twenty nine points on forty six percent two and forty percent from three. So he's and and then there's a there's a Drummond case to be made. Obviously, yeah. you know he's made it before. They need some big sometimes. Coaches. Tell me you're going to say Devonte Graham. Tell me you're going to say it. I oh mean we're getting down we're getting down into the standings here. We're saying if Andre Drummond has a case, might as well make a case well, for Devonte Graham. Well, I was going to say maybe we could see teams like Orlando, Detroit, Charlotte, the Bulls. Cleveland and the Knicks not having all-star representatives. Well, definitely not like not the Knicks some of or those. the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Really. Woo! Talking all-star here on December 11th. Who are these guys? Oh, man. All right. Let's keep Next moving. question here. Suh. No dunkers. Suh. S-U-H. Nice. Just doesn't doesn't care to throw in the P. <laughs> uh, I wish AD wore number 80 instead of 3. 80. Instead of three. Uh, Whose jersey number would you like to forcefully change? Could be because of his name, nickname, stats, general vibe, whatever. Peace. That's from <laughs> Samir. Hmm. Uh, okay. Marcus Smart for the Boston Celtics wears number 36. Okay. He should change it to 86, right? Because Maxwell Smart from Get Smart was agent 86. Huh. And he's also already cool. got Taco Fall. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Who's Agent 99. He wears number 99. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Good, man. This is a timely reference. And remember the little buzz. I'm just kidding. I love it. Remember the... Yeah, no, it's a tough, <laughs> tough. Definitely showing yeah, This was a tough question here. <laughs> yeah. But um, remember when uh, Marcus Smart's uh, buzzer beater against the Kings rimmed out? I yep. do. He missed it by that much. <laughs> just going to assume that's a get smart reference. <laughs> you don't know that? <laughs> Oh, wow. There you go. Well, we were, I guess we you were, could say I missed it by that much. We were talking about Don't people like forgetting me, about okay. Tracy McGrady yeah. 12 years ago when he played basketball. This show was on in the 60s. Yeah. Before I was born. Hey, it made it to Sunbury. I used to watch it. You know? But they read, they read it. I think Anne Hathaway was uh, Agent 99. Really? She was with yeah. uh, Steve yeah. Carell. That's oh, right. True, That's true. Right. Yeah. No, this is good. This is, yeah. That was a good answer. That's your best answer you've ever had. <laughs> I want to change Aaron Baines's number. He's number 46. Just a weird number. That, to me, is a pitcher's number. I think Andy Pettit was number 46. Give him 99. Just throwing his body around, smashing into guys. I know you might associate it with Wayne Gretzky as a Canadian, but to me, it's a, like a defensive end. Like a defensive uh, end would wear number 99. And uh, Aaron Baines seems like he's just too tough to be wearing a pitcher's number. I don't know. Okay. But, I... Go ahead. You go well, ahead. I was going to say, I actually don't know the players, but I have the idea, the concept, okay? I want two teammates, and it would it'd be best if they were like sort of um, like wild cards or hotheads or even temper boys um, <laughs> to wear number eight and number 88 so we could call them the crazy eights. Mm. So I want two sort of wild guys. Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> There's another reference for you. Uh, 1976. <laughs> SNL, one of the best years. Um, to wear number eight and number 88. That's what I want. And then I got a little trivia for you. I okay. think we actually got a perfect uh, suggestion for those two guys. Okay. Number eight, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Number 88, Nemanja Bialica. 
those could be some wild and crazy guys. Yeah, they could be. They could be. Well, that's funny you asked that because I was going to say, could you – oh, don't, I hope you're not looking at it, but could you name the six NBA players to have worn number 88? You said Bielitsa. Bielitsa, I would have got. Yeah. Uh, can Nicholas name, Batum? That's correct. Yeah. With the Blazers for a yeah. while. Mm-hmm. There's How a, about Alexi Shved? Wow, oh, that's yeah. a hell of a pull, my man. Nice. That's a hell of a pull. I, I think Jay Crowder's always 99. No, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not Eric 80. Lindros? Yeah. No. Definitely <laughs> Eric Lindros. <laughs> um, you think Eric Lindros is better than Brett Lindros? Okay, I'll give <laughs> you this. Kidding. One guy plays in Just the league kidding. right now. He plays for... Um, I'll give oh, you this. No, no, no. He plays for the Pacers. He's got a crazy cool... Oh, Goga. De- go, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Goga. Uh, two more. The one is very, very difficult. He played for the Lakers. He played one game for the Lakers in 2012. You're very unlikely going to get it. Christian Ienga. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice one. But surprised when he said this one because – well, maybe not because I, I did forget for a second. He's maybe one of the most famous – no, it's not Kobe, but maybe one of the most famous eights in NBA history. Oh, Antoine. Oh, Antoine, Antoine yeah. Walker. Yeah. 2005 Celtics were yeah, 88. Because uh, someone else had number eight, didn't they? There you go. Thanks for playing, guys. It was a lot of fun. I wanted to trade or change uh, Dwight Howard's 39 earlier this season because same reason as Trey. Just it's not a basketball number. There just haven't been many guys who've worn 39. We actually put it up on our uh, on our tweets. We were talking to you about uh, best 39s in sports ever. Dominic Hasek was a great one. Greg Ostertag, <laughs> Dave Parker. Who was the football guy here? I don't even know. Larry who Zonka. What is that? What is that? A Get Smart reference? That looks. It's like he's playing in the seventies. This guy. Uh, I have no idea who this guy. But I, but Dwight has won me over, so that's cool. Kevin Knox, I think, has to change his number though, uh, with the Knicks. He's got to go to double zero. It's a restart for him. Mm. It hasn't been a good start in his second year only, and things mm. have just fallen off so drastically. Go the double zero. I got zero minutes in high school, that sort of mentality. Get back to it, man. Get back, Kevin Knox. Something off of that, uh, you know, speaking of the double zero, do you think we're going to start seeing, um, I don't even know if it's actually technically illegal, but like 06 and 03. That's, le- that's illegal for and sure. And 09. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? It, they allowed it back in the 50s. I think the Rochester Royals, because you, if you look on basketball reference <laughs> uniform numbers, you can look on the drop-down list. There's an 03 mm-hmm. instead of just a 3, and there's an 07, and there's an 09. And the only ones under them are like these players in the 50s for the Royals. So they did it at one point. It mm. was, I guess, legal for a second, right? at least then with they, that team. Then the refs were like, this is too hard to signal to the scorer's <laughs> yeah, table. Yeah. How do you do an 07? This is too hard. I'm out of here. I don't know. I think we're going to see it. Really? Oh, yeah. We already got double zero. Come on. How's that much different? Right? I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. All right. Our next one. As a Bulls fan, I was stoked to see Derrick Rose hit that awesome game winner against the Pelicans this week. It feels so good that he's relevant again, and it got me thinking how much I would love to see him retire on the Bulls roster. My question, if Rose continues playing above average for a few more years, where do you rank him as a Hall of Fame candidate? There isn't a single MVP to miss out of all the eligible players, but I always assumed Rose could be the first due to the injuries that cut his prime short without much playoff success. So what's Rose got to do to make the Hall of Fame? That's from Jono in Australia. We mm. teased this question earlier in the week mm. on No Dunk, so here it is. Jono also tw- teased it on Twitter. He teased the tease. He went on Twitter and said, I've heard from a podcast that my email is going to be on a podcast later this week. Well, here it is. I love it. It came true. This is a great story for Derek Rose, the way he's come back. We've had this question prior to uh, prior to his resurgence. The idea was there's no chance that he's going to make the Hall of Fame, that he would be the first MVP to miss out on the Hall of Fame. I think he can get there. Wow. The thing is, I come think, yeah. I think um, with him putting up these numbers in Detroit, you know, it helps his case to build his stats. Yeah. yeah. But I think he needs to be almost in a Dwight situation. You need where, some playoff yes. uh, sort of moment if he can, success. If he can, if he can sure. piggyback onto a team and maybe win a couple of championships, so that, you, that yeah. strengthens You need him to become like Iguodala. Yes. <laughs> like in the absolutely. right spot. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. If you're just putting up numbers, on, numbers on a team that you know misses a playoff or doesn't even you know yeah. make any noise... I don't think that matters. I think he's had enough success. He's gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. He needs to put up points to get to, you know, 15,000 at least would be nice. Uh, and he can do that the way he's putting up 1,000 points a year recently. 
It wouldn't be that hard at 31. I think he can get to that number. But he's an MVP. There's been plenty of guys who haven't had even that much playoff success, which isn't a lot. Uh, but also the MVP gets him there, I think, with a decent uh, number. I don't know. Yeah, what is he, three-time All-Star? He was only one-time All-NBA. Yeah, that's the thing that's to me a- is he's kind of the new Grant Hill where he had a hot start, then basically missed the prime of his career and has now remade himself as the good vet guy right. who is a, like a six-man scorer. You know, Grant Hill just became a solid player and extended his career for a long, long time. The thing with Grant Hill, though, is that, A, he had massive college success. Yep. Also had a huge run with the Pistons before he got hurt with the Magic. He had seven seasons with the Pistons. It was basically three and a half for Derrick Rose before he went down in the 2012 playoffs. If he gets another something, I think... I think he has a better case, whether that's a sixth man of the year, whether he somehow gets a title eventually. If there's some other honor he can get, I think he can at least make a case, which is more than you would have said a year ago. Mm. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I mean, the strikes against him, those college, the college career, which is, I mean, he reached the championship game, but then those wins were, you know, Crossed voided. off, yeah, yeah, voided, vacated, whatever you want to call it, after the investigation. Into and he missed some big free throws in that game. His eligibility, yeah, true. And then his international play, he won a couple of World Cup gold medals. I think he was on um, the 2010 Turkey, and 14 yeah. teams. Yeah. yeah, but he never won an Olympic gold, if you, if you care. I actually, I, that is a great comparison with the Grant Hill. Um, I, I sort of compare him in a weird way to another Memphis guard, like Penny Hardaway a little bit. Where if you go check their numbers through their first mm-hmm. eleven seasons, you know where Rose is at right now, very very similar. They're they're pretty comparable. Penny was a four time All Star. He was three time All NBA. Obviously, like a highlight machine, like Rose was before he got injured. Um, and I don't think Penny Hardaway is making the Hall of Fame. No, I get it. The part of this question is, well, if Penny had sort of won an MVP, would... that's the biggest difference okay, uh, between Grant and Penny. I mean, that's yeah. this would be the only guy who never made it. Yeah. As an MVP. Right, right. That, right. But also the idea here um, that Jono was saying, you know, that you guys are saying, if he averages 16, 17, 18 points per game for like three, four, five more years here off the bench or in starting roles or whatever, yeah, maybe that's he has important. playoffs. That is important. I'll give you that because Penny, of course, didn't have any of that. But right now, Basketball Reference has Derrick Rose at a 12% chance to make the Hall of Fame. Penny just under 29%. I don't know. Penny ain't making it, I'll tell you that. And, uh, MVP or not, I don't think he is. I don't think Derrick Rose yeah, is. I think I, he's going to be the first not to. I don't think that's enough for him right now. Because, like, I, you have 15,000 points. That's, that's not even that. That's not that yeah. many. Like, what, they're no, not, it's not that many. No, no. Isn't what they're, what's the cutoff that they say? Like, 20,000? It's, 20, 20. it's about 20. I think yeah. Tom Chambers it's is like the only. It's a guarantee only, almost if you're 20,000. Yeah. yeah, I think Tom Chambers is the only 20,000 to not, not be in, in it? there, I believe. Yeah, yes. and Antoine Jameson has joined that oh, club. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, love the question. Love it. Really fun. Really so fun. fun. Next one here. What up, no dunkers? Man, I just love your shows. Was cleaning up my house, which is the best time to have you guys on the headphones, mm. when Tass said, went to have my peach waxed, <laughs> and I just lost it for five minutes, giggling alone in my apartment. Anyway, Tass mentioned that Vince Carter was the best dunker in the 2000s, and Blake is the clear standout in the 10s. But Blake has remodeled his game and doesn't get that many dunks these days. So who's the next man down the line? Someone who would be the best for a long period of time and could always count on to be in the best dunks of the year list. Mm. I personally think, think it's Giannis, but any Dark Horses? That's from Rob in Estonia. Right. So Vince, the best dunker of the 2000s. Tass was making the case for Blake from 2010 to you know basically the end of this decade. Who will be next? We, we threw in Zion Williamson would be a, yep. you know, a fair pick if, yes. he, if he gets back and he's healthy, I guess. Who else? Giannis is not. Those are the guys Giannis, to uh, me. If Morant can ooh. throw out down something, because you know he's trying. Hasn't sort of had that signature one yet, but he's, he's going to have a future. Donovan Mitchell, he throws down some nice in-game dunks. Right. He'd be like your Wade sort of type yeah. of pick. Yeah. I think Aaron Gordon could be young enough to still huh. be doing it huh. for a good chunk of the decade. And Zach Levine's sort of in that same boat, but I don't know. Aaron Gordon's a little bit more. Eh, yeah, they're too young, I guess. Or too old, I guess, because yeah. they started in the. the yeah, teens. they're kind of the mids. Yeah, the mids. Yeah, you really need to pick like a first or second year player here. What about LeBron for the, for the 2010s? He's got to uh, be one of the best oh, dunkers of the mm. 2010s. It's just like yeah. weird to say LeBron as yeah. a dunker, I think, is the, yeah. the bigger obstacle. It's a little like Giannis as well, right? Mm-hmm. They have not a lot of flair, but they have their, obviously, billion jams that they throw down 
Yeah, you don't think of them. I, I would. What about yeah, Dwight I, even? For sure. that decade. Yeah. Yep. For the Blake decade, we're saying. Yeah, but we're talking. We're talking the creme of the creme of the creme, with Blake and with Vince. I think those are the the best dunkers of the, in-game the dunkers. decades. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, important. The end game. Ooh, man. I, yeah, I don't know how it wouldn't be Zion. I guess, but I don't want to jinx anything. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Giannis and Zion is my list. It's just a matter of let's see Zion jump some. Yeah. When he comes back, yeah. and stay on the floor. <laughs> Next one from Joel. Joel S. Hey guys, I was listening to your beach pod this morning here in sunny Costa Rica, and I thought of you guys. Lee especially might like this. In the 2014 season, Manu Ginobili wore LeBron's shoes all season, including in the finals when the Spurs rolled the heat in five. If that's not a subtle F you, then I don't know what is. Who beats a man with his own shoes? More of a comment. Right. But I guess that, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess that <laughs> technically is a question. Yeah. Who beats a man with his own shoes? <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about yeah. players and if they wore the signature yep. shoes of opponents. Last week on our sneaker draft, so this was uh, this came into play. This is it was interesting, and you know, I guess you do see it that a guy would wear the signature shoe of his opponent. This is a good example. I I had to like fact check this. Oh, I was like, I don't know, Joel. Is this true? Mm. He's dead on. I mean, I was looking at the you know the Getty images and stuff like that. He's yeah, man who is wearing LeBron Elevens, I believe, in that finals. Uh, I think LeBron is still playing in the Soldiers. That's if, usually his playoff shoe. Yeah, shooting. so uh, that's intriguing. But uh, he had, yeah, man who had, like, the three cool colorway pack going on of these. Uh, he had, like, you know, they were sort of Spursy colors, but, like, more gold in there, a little mixed in there because they were in the finals again. See, I, I, that's don't great. See, I don't see it as an FU. I, I see it if he wore LeBron's all season and then got to the finals and started wearing Kobe's. That's that, more of an FU. Yeah, because mm. he's like. Yeah, Ginobili did turn, uh, change into Kobe's, I think, the next year, though. Wow. Is that an FU? No, that's okay. fine. Pascal Siakam wore uh, Kevin Durant's shoes last year in the finals. An old version, though, not even the, the updated version that Kevin Durant was wearing when he was healthy. So maybe wearing a guy's old shoes. Is that a nephew? Sounds m- more like a good on you. You made a good shoe. <laughs> nice shoe, you. <laughs> you. Nice shoe. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> not a nephew, more of a thank you. <laughs> All right, next one here. Friends, it seems like we've settled on no dunk crew for you guys. Have we? But I ask you, what are we, the listeners called? Beyonce has the beehive. Taylor Swift has her squad. And Rihanna has the Navy. But what do we call ourselves? The loyal no dunks fans collective. I know there is a tweet of the week army, but not all of us tweet. So it doesn't seem <laughs> accurate. Hmm. Good point, Michael from Sherman Oaks, California. Well, I... Rihanna has her crew, whatever you want to call it, is called the Navy? Is that true? Right, don't look at me, man, as we if I would Googles. have any idea. <laughs> According to the Google, it's true. I've never heard that. I like it, but I've never heard that. You haven't joined the Navy is what you're saying. Is there a reason why? Yeah, so nautical. Is she, like, she's from an island. She was in that movie <laughs> Battleship. Oh, maybe that's when it launched. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, <laughs> people just loved it. They're maybe. like, we got to support her in any seafaring ways. Yeah, that's that was new to me. Uh, yeah, what, what do you what do you think? No dunks crew, you, no dunkers. Yeah, I, I, I like the dinkers. Okay. <laughs> I, that, can't wait to see that's that on no dunks out of context later. <laughs> I like the dinkers. Why? What's a dinker? Leos. In in Australia, when we were kids, yeah. if you were dinking someone, yeah. it meant that they were on the back of your bike as you were riding. So huh. you were, hey, they were standing a- on the pegs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me a dink, okay? <laughs> give me a dink. Yeah, but they weren't. They were called pegs. Were they called dinks? Well, they were called pegs. What you stood on, but it was giving someone a dink if you were taking them. Because your dink is in the person's back? <laughs> or the pegs look like I dinks? Know. I, mean, I, I don't know, know what you were doing with your dink. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm trying to find <laughs> out you why you dink, called them dinks. You could dink on the back or the front if someone sat on your handlebars. Uh, that was also dinking. Uh, yeah. Dinks at a distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's stay down in Australia. What about dunkaroos? It comes up. I don't yeah. mind it either. Dunkaroos and Dinks is the <laughs> the two that I thought are, are catchy that, that somebody should use. Yeah. Somebody's got to be a Dink. <laughs> <laughs> where are the, yeah, where are the no Dunks? See, like dinks. when you get a ride home, it's kind of like Dinking but in a car. I, yeah. Hey, Trey, can, I, can you Dink me home? Sure. Carpooling. Yeah, but Dinking. 
Modern day dinking. <laughs> Modern day dinking. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're still, uh, we haven't decided, I guess, what we're getting at here. We've got a couple suggestions that we're not against. But maybe there's something still better. Yeah, maybe we got to expand the realm. You know, Rihanna's fans are not called the Rhiannons. Yeah. Mm. They're called the Navy. That's something completely different from Rihanna. We don't even know how it relates. So don't just put yourself in a dink box. Don't put yourself <laughs> in a Dunkaroo box. Expand it. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Maybe like... we're the Browns. Everybody out there is the Greens. Oh, wow. Back to the compost, eh? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Yeah. Tweet at us. At no dunks, eh? Hashtag no dunks. That would work. Browns would work because there's fewer of us. And there's just... <laughs> Browns are harder to come by. So we in the compost world, we would be the Browns. We for would sure. be the Browns. The fans would be the Greens. They'd be the food scraps. And when we, we come would be together, the carbon. We would be the newspaper. It's tough. That's a tough analogy. I don't know if we can pull it off. Uh, Justin Bieber has, has got the best one with the believers. That's good. Believers. That's good. Great. It's the best. I mean, I like Beyonce's too. But I always struggle. Yeah. Do you say, do you say Beehive, or do you say Beehive? No, Beehive. <laughs> Bayhive is Jim Bayheim, the <laughs> Syracuse coach, his fans. Is it John Bayline? <laughs> Hello, No Dunks podcasting crew. There, I like, that. I like that one for us, at least. We are the No Dunks podcasting crew. I am writing this email while procrastinating writing my final papers in the Concordia University Library and amidst another massive blowout by the Mavs over the Pelicans. This may be recency bias, but for some reason, the number of massive blowouts this year seems to be astronomical compared to other seasons. Before the beginning of the season, you guys, especially Tass, seem to be really hyped up about the parody in the NBA, but I feel like this season has just been the good teams blowing out the bad teams and the best teams blowing out the good teams. Do you still think that parody is something that we can look at fondly about this season, or does it just feel inev- inevitable that it will be Bucks versus Lakers in the finals? Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Thanks for helping me maintain my sanity during the finals season. That's from Theo. Good luck, Theo. Hope those papers are going all right. Theo is right to call me out. I was definitely very pumped about the parody, and it definitely less so now. There's been a few teams that have dropped off from the uh, the real level of championship contender to more of a, you know, could get there. I would say it's definitely better than previous years, though, with the Warriors. Yeah. And it's sort of somewhere in between. You know, my level of excitement is, uh, you know, it's dropped a bit, but... I wouldn't say it's the Lakers Bucks finals no. for sure. No. No. That's no. not inevitable. They're the best teams right now in each conference, but I, I think I heard uh, KOC talking about this with with Vernon. It it does you don't like you're not like, well, they're going to the finals. Like there still are other teams that like could knock them off. It feels like the Bucks are yeah, going the to the Bucks finals. Yeah, the Bucks feel a little bit inevitable. They felt that way last year, though, two up in the conference finals. That's the NBA, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I, but it definitely feels—it feels like it, it, they're, they've separated themselves between them and the Sixers yeah. and Celtics and yeah. Raptors but it's also—it's also December. Um, you know, they don't want to have peaked now. Yeah, it, it, a part of it definitely is the Sixers have not looked incredible. No. The defense is still there, but we, you know, Embiid has struggled, and does the fit work at times with Simmons and some of the role players at yeah. times are good and times yeah. are not. I, I mean, they can they shoot enough, can they hit enough shots and stuff like that. But I, their offense is awful fence for sure. It's not fun to watch. Yeah, uh, but on the other side, the Lakers have a definitely competition in the Clippers. People should still believe mm-hmm. in the Clippers, mm-hmm. but then even then, the Rockets, Nuggets. Yeah, because we were saying and, and there the was jazz. like eight teams when we were yeah. coming into the season. We were like, yeah, I could, oh yeah, I could see the, I could see the mm-hmm. Jazz going to the finals. I could see the Nuggets going to the finals. And mm-hmm. now you're saying it feels like it's more There's three, four, three. maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's dropped off. The can't, question is lie. the Sixers. Will they be good enough offensively that they can score enough points? Because they will give Giannis problems, I imagine, in the playoffs if they meet up. They've got Embiid and Horford, two big guys who know how to play defense, who can at least help on the rim. They've got Ben Simmons, who is close to Giannis's size and athleticism, who will maybe be able to stick him a little bit uh, handling the ball and playing on the perimeter. But then they got to try and score against the Bucs. That's mm. the problem, too. But the Bucks showed last year when Kawhi got switched on to Giannis that they had a weakness because they didn't really have an answer to that. Mike Budenholzer really didn't have an answer to that, mm-hmm. and that cost them. So if you can find a way to nullify Giannis, then the pressure is on those other guys for the Bucks to deliver, and last season they weren't able to. Now they have a year of experience. But again, Mike Budenholzer also has to prove that he can get a team over the line. He's been in this situation yeah. with the Hawks, where they looked great in the regular season, weren't able to do it in the playoffs. One season in Milwaukee looked great, 
also, you know, should have made it to the finals and weren't able to do that. Yeah. So I, I'm certainly not at this point like, yeah, the Bucks are strolling to the finals. They deserve to be favourite, but uh, no, no sure thing for sure. Yeah, Giannis was stopped in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was then stopped in the World Cup with the Greek team where they just shut him down with a bunch of guys going at him. He just seems like that one guy in the NBA history, in NBA lore that will just somehow get a, find a way to win a title. Just seems like that way to me, that he's just that monster that just cannot be stopped. He's sweating right now. He's working out somewhere right now. It just yeah. feels like that. Yeah. Look, Bucks are deservedly the favorite, like you're saying, right now in the East. But I could, I can see right now a hell of a series with, <laughs> with the Heat, a hell of a series with the Celtics. The Raptors. Possibly even the Raptors. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think it's a cakewalk by any means. So I like that part. I, I, look, when the Pacers get Oladipo back, they're going to be interesting. So we got, they got the five or six teams in the East, and then it's, yeah. You know, some of the disappointing teams, I think, early on have been in the West. Um, you know, in your Blazers and probably your Rockets and your Nuggets and your Jazz, like those ones that we got a little more excited about. Clippers Lakers, they've been great. But uh, the parody, I think Schumann was saying, was it this week, that the Eastern Conference actually had a better record versus the Western Conference. It's crazy. Which is wild. I mean, if you're looking at that type of parody um, between the two conferences. but Yeah, they're beating the West in head-to-head games, which is yeah, weird. That's that's wild. We're going to have good playoff races. There's no doubt about that. There are a lot of teams bunched up at the bottom of the the bottom of the playoff picture in both conferences. You got about 9 teams gunning for 3 spots. So, that will be fun to watch. Up top, the good teams are good. That's just how it is in basketball. Yeah. All right, you mentioned uh, the Nuggets, Skeets. You mentioned a cakewalk. Got an email about food. Okay. Hey no dunkers, longtime fan and new permanent resident of Canada. Congratulations. Ooh. I got to ask why do people eat so many potatoes in the province of Ontario? Excuse me? Interesting. <laughs> what? We've all lived there. I mean, there's a lot of corn being eaten, too, but I want to know about the potatoes. It amazes me how every time I go to Swiss Chalet, which is a local chicken chain, uh, it's a national chicken chain, I yeah. should say, they're not, there's not one table without potatoes ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about chicken? <laughs> I'm sure there's chicken on every table, too. No, not on mine. I like the ribs at Swiss Chalet. <laughs> also, if the Raptors decide to move on from Kyle Lowry this offseason, can you see a Lowry to the Heat trade in play? Thanks for being the best sports podcast ever. That's from Caleb F. <laughs> he just throws in a quick NBA question <laughs> yeah. there at the end. Oh, what do you think about Lowry yeah. to the Heat? There's no way you would have got on this podcast with that Lowry <laughs> question, but the potatoes were in there. Well, I'm just intrigued by that. Wow. I mean, we obviously lived in Ontario for a long time. I, Why do so many people eat potatoes? I, like, hey, never, is he including fries? Because yeah. So why else would you? Well, you'd be a fool not to get fries at Swiss Chalet. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. Yeah, right? those are I great mean, fries. Where's Caleb coming from? A place where they don't eat potatoes well, at all. Maybe. It sounds like I was like to say, well, like, I don't know where that is. More potatoes down here in America to me than ever in Canada. But I, I don't know. I'm biased. <laughs> hey, we're not eating that many potatoes, man. We're not eating that many potatoes. <laughs> What's wrong with potatoes? But I will say corn. Now, if he had went with corn, like that's a big Ontario thing for sure. Corn, <laughs> good corn, you know, harvest. Woo. Don't you dare be trying to take corn from the United <laughs> States. We like both. You're a real uh, corn husker, are you? Yeah. I don't know. According to Wikipedia, always right, uh, the list of countries by potato production, that's a page. Yeah. United States, number five in the world. Okay. Canada... Let me see here. I already lost that. It's way down there. 18th. Yeah. 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 Well, it doesn't mean they're not consuming it. That's though. right. We're just talk- we're talking <laughs> right. pure tonnage created. Because <laughs> I'm trying to Google where do people not eat potatoes. Well, what's number Hard one? To find. What's uh, number Ireland, one? Uh, Ireland produced a lot of potatoes, don't they? What's that? Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Yeah. I didn't know Ireland. what you were saying. I, I thought you said Island. I was like, yeah. which one, man? Prince Edward Island in Canada. I Ireland. Think does produce <laughs> you got me now. Jay Morant, you got me again. Number 77, Ireland. Number what? one. You're, you should be able to guess it. Number one. Small country. I don't, uh, number one. Oh, Potato Land. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Uh, uh, don't China. overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. What? yeah, yeah. Okay. China. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. guess. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of land to make potatoes. <laughs> to cultivate the tubers. <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to go for some Swiss Chalet, though, right now. I hate mm. to sound like Todd, but I would love <laughs> to eat some Swiss Chalet. <laughs> Not the Todd the emailer. Uh, another <laughs> Todd. Um,. Huh. Fascinating, fascinating. I just had never heard that about Ontario that we ate a lot of potatoes. <laughs> but you sound almost offended. Yeah, you a do. little bit, a little bit. Well, I am actually. I feel like I'm more offended that people have been whispering this behind my back for mm. years. 
So it is a thing, and it's just I don't know about it. You don't know about it. Tass doesn't know about it because everyone's like, look at this guy. He's eating more potatoes. This guy never stops eating potatoes. <laughs> What's all that like corn? Hey. Yeah. I thought you were a big egg man. Now you're a big potato man, too. Oh, I'm a huge, <laughs> huge potato guy, huge egg guy. Uh, my corn consumption has dropped significantly <laughs> since moving here. Maybe we don't eat enough corn down here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. According Maybe. to this website, which country eats the most potatoes? 2013, the United States, number five, Canada, number six. Ooh. But almost twice as many potatoes here in the United States. <laughs> what does it mean? The Raptors aren't trading Kyle Lowry. <laughs> that's what it means. Why would you help a, a team that's in your conference? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. All right let's, let's wrap it up there. Let's wrap this up in tinfoil, throw it in the oven. I don't know, 350 for a little while, put a fork in it, see if it falls off. I think that's what you do. I don't know. I just eat them. I don't make them. They may trade Lowry for Spud Webb, but that's about it. What did you guys uh, – <laughs> I was going to ask what you thought of Nora's scalp potatoes at Thanksgiving. Lee, you weren't there, but... Uh, <laughs> I bet they're great. <laughs> they sound good. They were good, but... Uh, yeah, they're good. Uh, was it... Um, uh, Danny's father was making the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I guess we do eat a lot of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> those, whip, those whipped or mashed, whatever you want to call it, those were delicious, those ones. Were you tossing the old sweet potato around? Thanksgiving uh, tradition. Ah, <laughs> uh, there were no sweet potatoes this no. year. We weren't playing uh, pass the potato. Mm. They weren't in anything. Toss the tuber. <laughs> no. um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm out on sweet potatoes. Yeah, cancel them. Get oh, yeah, them out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One uh, of the best vegetables like you can eat. Yeah, health wise. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm out on them. <laughs> <laughs> All what's, right. what's with all these Canadians? Don't eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, again to everybody that emailed in, tweeted in their questions. Uh, apologies if we didn't get to your question. Keep them coming. Keep sending in new ones. By the way, you know, sometimes we bank a couple, right? You know, we get so many that we're like, all right, we'll put these 12, 13, 14 in the show, but we'll keep some. So if you didn't hear your question on today's Beach Stepping, you might hear it next week. It's like potatoes. We always got a stockpile. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, anyone got a potato pun? I wasn't ready for this. Uh, uh, you, say, uh, you say potato, I say corn. St- I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Embrace, embrace, <laughs> embrace the name, people.